Hey everyone, I am super excited to announce a new online program, the Champion Sports Physical Therapy Mentorship. I've teamed up with Dan Pope and Dave Tilly to create this brand new 12-week mentorship program, and we're now opening it up to the very first cohort on June 10th. We hear all the time from people that they wish they had more mentoring and people they can learn from to help accelerate their careers. We're going to take you through all our foundations of sports physical therapy, including our clinical evaluation, working with non-operative and post-operative patients, building return to sport programs, and even learning advanced phase rehab and strength and conditioning principles for rehab professionals. In addition, we're going to have a bunch of case studies, a community, and live sessions to interact and ask us questions. We really can't wait. Check out the show notes to learn more and sign up today. The first cohort starts June 10th. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have another great baseball-related episode where we talk about some of your questions. We talk about the equation of acute to chronic workload and how we use that with weighted ball training. We talk about how we can differentiate between internal and external rotation loss with total rotational motion. And we talk about the importance of restoring full elbow flexion after Tommy John surgery. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. I'm here with Lenny Macrina. It's great to be back. Lenny, Lenny comes... Come on vacation. <laughs> returns from sabbatical. Um, so what, what do you do? Professors in school take sabbaticals, right? I feel refreshed. I found some pants to wear, Dan, so you're, uh, you're welcome. I found pants instead of shorts, and I feel good. I'm ready to answer some questions. Rejuvenated. It took a month off. He's pretty good. Dan, Dan Pope, how are, how are we? Good. Is your fitness pain-free? Uh, you know, a little bit. Yeah, it is generally, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, we are up here, and we have a couple of our awesome students <laughs> here joining us as usual. We got Mike the Skid, Skidudo from Northeastern University. We have Keisha, what the heck, from Regis University. University? College. I have, I don't, it's the same. What's the difference between university and college? Does one have a grad program? Crickets, crickets. Somebody tweet us, let us know what that is. Anyway, we are back here. We have an awesome baseball episode. Uh, We got some questions specific to some baseball type things um, that we know you guys are going to love. So uh, let's take it away. Who's doing the questions? I got the first question. Awesome. Skid. Jared from Long Island. Hey guys, I recently attended a workshop hosted by Dr. Tim Gavitt, and the most interesting concept that I took away from him was his acute chronic workload ratio. Basically, if we ramp up too quickly, acutely, more than our body has, more than our body has been prepared for chronic, we increase our risk injury. Applying this to the weighted baseball training, how should we be monitoring volume for the acute, from the acute standpoint? In other words, what's your way of slowly introducing weighted ball? Weighted baseball throwing to someone who is physically mature enough. That's awesome. So I, I like the way Jared, right? Jared? Jared, yeah. Jared, I like the way you're even thinking, right? You're thinking about how do I apply uh, weighted baseballs a little bit more scientifically or so. Uh, so the acute chronic workload ratio is, is definitely uh, an interesting concept that I think in sports science we're starting to utilize more and more or pay attention to more all the time. And Dan, I'd love to hear your thoughts on fitness on this. But you know what that means to the readers, essentially, is like it, it 
it's a comparison of how chronically what you've been doing for a workload. So let's say throwing for the case for baseball, chronically, you know, what's your volume, your intensity, your duration, all those things, what's that been? And do you have any acute spikes? So if you have an acute spike where all of a sudden you, you've been playing catch at 60 feet, but you decide to long toss the 300 feet or, or throw a two pound ball, you have a large spike in your acute workload. So that, that changes your acute chronic ratio. And interesting enough, we just had a big meeting with Modus Global, uh, the makers of the, uh, the M throw, <laughs> is that what it's called? The M throw thing? The, uh, the, 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 the chip sensor that you can put on your elbow that measures, uh, strain on your elbow, uh, during, uh, during throwing. So, and, and they're introducing this new variable as well, that acute chronic workload. So, um, interesting. I think it's a definite interesting concept. It really, when I heard it, I was like, interesting. And I just started following Tim Gavin on Twitter too. And he's got some interesting stuff that he puts out. I'm very impressed with his, his thinking process, thought process. I think it's just going to be coming up with equations to figure out what is acute chronic. What does all this mean? Like, how do you determine your volume and put that into a common number versus your chronic load over a period of time and figure out your peaks and valleys and when you need to shut it down because your acute load is too high. So I think it's a really interesting concept, and it was kind of mind-blowing for me when we sat down with Modus. Mind-blowing. Lenny's mind was blown. Um, I love Tim Gavitt stuff, and it's draw like a corollary with with baseball. I think uh, I try to apply it to pretty much everything I do, from exercise or fitness to even like manual techniques. Just dosing at a low level and starting to slowly build up. I think there's a lot of just very smart. Um, I think we have to be careful though, because if you think about the athletes that they're they're doing the studies on are mostly rugby and uh, I guess uh, soccer or football. I guess in other other countries, football, football. I think for throwers, if you shut them down for like four or five months out of the year, the risk of injury goes down quite a bit. So I'm curious if it's because I think what Tim showed initially was that if you just did too much in general, volume-wise, it's going to predispose you for injury. But then the next thing they found was that these high training loads are actually protective, you know. Um, but for a thrower, we might just not <coughs> want to throw as much, potentially. I mean, just because a, a football player is not the same as a, a baseball player. Right. So right. I, I love that concept, but I'm just really curious to see what happens from a pitching perspective. I think you said it best. The problem is we know that if kids shut it down for three or four months out of the year, they lower their risk of injury, but kids aren't shutting them themselves down for three or four months out of the year, and so they're they're a chronic, they chronic load. You know, it but keeps th- rising. Yeah, that's just that's not just a high chronic load. It's fine, but right. I mean, getting back to the acute chronic ratio in Correct. your in your question, uh, you brought it up with weighted ball training, right? And and if you think about with weighted ball training, that's the easiest thing in the world for you. <laughs> you're they're training with you. you. You're in charge of their acute chronic ratio. Um, the challenge with that is during the season when you can't control their workload, then you have to monitor that and play that. That's if you have a large spike in innings or innings pitch or whatever it may be. You know, you're a reliever, you go three out of five, you know, two out of three, something like that. Like, that's the type of thing that it's hard to manage. For you, it's super simple to manage this uh, in an off-season program. You just build a program that gradually increases intensity, duration, frequency, loading, volume. I mean, all these things. You just be great agile with that. So when you build your program and you periodize kind of this weighted ball implementation, then you just you have to think of that. And that's an intelligent way to do it, right? Now, so you can monitor this, right, by just simply taking good care to track your programs. Don't let the kids do whatever they want to do. You prescribe them a certain kind of a, a, a program so that way you, you manipulate those variables and increase them over time. And that's how you do it. Uh, it's more in-season that I think is, is the challenge. 
Good. We're all sick here, champions. We're all Pro- probably going to edit that out, but that's... <laughs> Matt from Los Angeles says, Hey guys, love the podcast. Question about total rotational range of motion of the shoulder joint. Say a patient has good overhead mobility, but total range of motion is lacking on the affected side. How do you decide which direction, internal versus external rotation, to try to improve? All right, so total rotational range of motion, that's ER plus IR measured at 90 degrees. So if somebody's limited and their total rotation is less than the other side, how do you determine if it's ER or IR? What do you do, Len? Uh, well, I measure both, and I want to see, okay, I want to look at end feel. I want to see what their end feel is into external rotation. Um, I mean, pain at end range external rotation. Um, and I compare internal rotation and external rotation. Compare external right versus external left. And I probably like to see at least a 10, 15 degree difference in their external rotation, which is kind of going to correlate kind of with their retroversion. And so we know that that side gets more retroversion by throwing with the younger age. So we expect that change to be, say, 10 to 15 degrees. Uh, and conversely, we expect their loss of internal rotation to correspond with that number too. So I'd like to see at least 10, 15 degree of external rotation difference. I don't know if you look at anything. Uh, so I, my take home from what Lenny just said there was that you, you have to have an understanding of what thrower shoulders typically look like, which Lenny does. So he gets that. So I think when Lenny's going to look at someone, he's going to be able to tell right away what, what the limitation is because he knows what to expect. Um, what I would say is there's going <coughs> to probably be one, either ER or IR, <laughs> that is different uh, or, or similar side to side right so if, if you're worried about which one it is let's say external rotation you're 120 125 you know 120 on the the non-dominant and 125 on the dominant and then internal rotation there's a 20 degree difference then you know like okay if there's a 20 degree difference then it, it probably should be 20 otherwise right so i don't have a strict number like lenny but i think that's a good general rule of thumb and that's a good way to start is to know what to look at but i think you just add up the different side to side and see where maybe the 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 disagreement is discrepancy the is, discrepancy yeah. that was the word I was looking for disagreement you're, I don't know if your range of motion disagrees with itself <laughs> so hope that makes sense yeah good right good solid so. all right let's nail it what's number three skid okay Daryl from Georgia how important is full elbow flexion following Tommy John surgery I have a collegiate pitcher who is eight months status post Tommy John and is doing well with everything else but continues to have difficulty with n range elbow flexion greater than 125 degrees. This does not affect his throwing. He has no pain with his throwing program. He has full elbow extension. Okay, so how important is restoring full flexion after surgery? I, uh, Len, how common is it to lose some flexion? Let's we'll start with that. As common, it's definitely not as common. You're gonna, if you're going to lose something, you're going to lose extension. I'm curious as to why he's losing flexion. Right. Um, the only thing that bothers me is if he's lost flexion, it's not coming back. Like, what's going on? What's the underlying tissue? Is it is there an inflammation thing? Is there a capsular thing? Like, why is this going to be something that's going to creep up down the road that? their elbow was cranky during the rehab process and now they go to throw for three, four, five innings and have to throw 70, 80 pitches. What's the implication on the elbow if they couldn't even get basic flexion back? So I'd be a little worried. Yeah, it's not going to affect their mechanics, we don't think. They're not going to necessarily need 130 degrees of, of flexion and they're functional probably. So I just think the underlying tissue quality 
there's something going on that would worry me. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that when I first th- heard the question. Is maybe that's indicative that something else is going on right. that you should be paying attention to. So definitely take a peek at that. Um, you know, I would also say too, sometimes guys just they don't have it before surgery. Correct. Yeah. You know, the we we always say the elbow is a really congruent joint that scars really easy. So you can have some bony abnormalities from from the act of throwing that has odd limitations of your elbow. I mean, so I've seen guys with 90 degrees of flexion, that's it, and they can't get past here. Uh, it happens, and you can see some ossifications in the anterior capsule, things like that. Um, so, you know, it, it, you know, if you're concerned about it, I think Lenny brought up a good point. If it's not doing well, if it's not feeling good, or throwing's not going well, which doesn't sound like it's the case for you, right. but if that is the case, then, you know, you would think, okay, what's up with the tissue? But I wonder if it's just some chronic changes with him. Yeah. You know, you, you might be able to see, like, the pre-op x-ray or MRI, and they might even have some kind of interesting findings in there that you might kind of figure out why and say, oh, interoperatively, they only had 125. I, I'm not going to get more than that. You know, so something to think about, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, but not not a super worrisome kind no, of thing. just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, extension's worse, but, yeah. you know, even if you lose a little bit of extension, it's not the end of the world, you know, usually. But, again, shows you, shows you something, though, about the irritability of the elbow. So, awesome. Good. Nice. Awesome. Well, I love it. Thanks so much, guys. Another great baseball episode. We're going to continue to do some of these baseball ones because we got a ton of great baseball questions. So keep asking away. Go to AskMikeRinald.com. Click on that link to the podcast. No, that's not the that's not the website. It's just MikeRinald.com. That's, that's where I go. I'm not good at this. Uh, so, <laughs> so thanks, Dan. Uh, but go to MikeRinald.com and click on the podcast. Uh, ask us some questions. And more importantly, if you don't mind, follow us, rate us, review us on iTunes, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.